Hi everyone, uh, real quick before we start, just two things. The first thing is there is some spring ISC merch that you can pick up. I think we talked about this last week, but there, as when this podcast goes up, there will be three days left to get the merch. Uh, it is through Teespring, we've used them before. Uh, there's an ISC logo hoodie featuring the It's Super Effective logo. There's an ISC logo shirt, obviously, featuring the uh, It's Super Effective logo on a shirt. And there's a Camper Todd hoodie for those who are aware of who Todd is and interested in that through the Twitch streams. That was a good joke that ran out for a while and still is pretty funny, I think, <laughs> at least to me. But if you're interested in all of those, they're only available for three more days. If you've been listening to ISC for a while, you know I only do uh, shirt runs about like three times a year, one in the spring, one in the summer, and then one in the fall. This will be your only opportunity to pick up some ISE spring merch. Otherwise, you'll have to wait for the summer for another printing. If you are a crystal backer or higher in Patreon, you do get 10% off your order. So go over to Slack to get your 10% off code. But uh, this does support me directly. If you want to wear some ISE stuff, look in the comments below. And there will be a link, or not the comments, I'm sorry. Look in the uh, podcast description below and there will be some links. Or you go to teespring.com slash stores slash pkmncast, which is way hard to remember. So just uh, go into the the podcast description and the link will be there for you. Thank you guys so much. Also, if you watch on Twitch, there will be a Team Brave Marathon starting this Friday where we play every generation of Pokemon game starting on Friday with Kanto, Saturday, Johto, Sunday, Hoenn. Uh, you know how the rest works. For seven days, I believe my time slot is... 11 a.m. Central Time to 5 p.m. Central Time or 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern and whatever other time zones you're in. I don't know Perth off the top of my head, but uh, that'll be starting on Friday. And uh, if you are downloading this podcast episode a week later, you won't hear this message because it'll be deleted because it's only it's very time sensitive. That's why it's before the show. So thank you and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the 300th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. This is not a drill. This is actually episode 300. Will is here with me. What if I'm actually here in the room and I still don't believe you? I I don't know how to convince you otherwise. What assurances (laughs) can you provide me that this is actually episode 300? Well, I can tell you that my name is SPJ. Congrats. That this is the 300th episode of ISC. All right. I'll take your word for it since you're going to be the one who basically is typing the title into SoundCloud and that kind of, it's just what does it, isn't it? Then it's <laughs> upload. Yeah. I think that was good promotion though. I mean, the, the whole scam of, you know, doing 299 four times in a row. 
As long as you admit that it was a scam. Yeah, yes. yeah, very. We, we scammed them all. We tricked them all into being here. Wait, wait, wait. Why are you saying we? <laughs> you <laughs> like know, the, I had the, any input on this. The royal me and you. Ah, no, it's just the royal you. <laughs> this episode is... It, it's hard not to make like a four-hour episode because I think both Will and I can talk forever. And the more people you add onto the episode, I feel like the longer it gets. So we didn't want like this huge long episode, even though this might turn out to be like 90 to 120 minutes long. So instead, what we did is this episode's going to be pretty much an email-focused show. So we have a bunch of emails. We probably won't be able to get to all of them. But thank you to everyone who emailed in for episode 300. Again, I don't think we're going to be able to get to all of them. But Will and I will tackle emails that will make emails overall shorter just because there's not three or four people answering emails just the two of us and then because i know you guys would have missed miss delaney uh rochelle miss delaney is what she's known in as slack or al or micah or irene or whoever else they have segments that i will sprinkle i like that word sprinkle throughout the show it makes me think of cupcakes. Yeah, and so you can look at the show notes to see what those segments are. I'll just say right now, if you don't look at the show notes and you want to be surprised, then you will be surprised. I'll give you a little hint. There are segments that used to exist in the past that we brought back for this episode. So I hope you enjoy them. And I'm not sure what order those segments are going to be on because I've recorded different parts of this podcast for like the last week. And... Will and I are doing the last part, which is the email part, and then we will, the magic of editing, we will sprinkle them all together onto this fine cupcake that is episode 300 for you guys. Delicious. So with that being said, let's jump right into some emails, and if you want to email us, uh, you can do so, sbj at pkmncast.com, or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that email button. Uh, both ways will get us get your emails to us. Let's start off with the first email here. Josh and Melissa write in from Delaware. They said, hello, ISE team. Congrats on making the ever elusive 300th episode, although it's more like 307 at this point. I would actually <laughs> say it's like 360 at this point. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot of, of unnumbered episodes. Uh, we've been listening for over a year now. And hope for many, many more episodes. We both love Nick's musical remixes during the break, uh, if that's what you call them. And our favorite by far is the Abund Abu Abund Dance Abundance. That was, I know. I that was, was trying the to, very first one. Yeah, I was trying to remember how I said it. If it's possible, could you guys release an episode uh, in the upcoming future, only consisting of those themes? I know it's a lot of work, but if you can't, that's fine. Congrats and good luck, Josh and Melissa from Delaware. Uh, well, thank you guys for writing in. That is the first one, wasn't it, Will? It definitely was, because I remember exactly where I was when I first heard it. Or wait, was Leg Tubes the first one? No, A Bun Done Dance was the first one. Yeah, I think so. I don't like, uh, like there, I don't think we've ever kept it a secret. I think I've, I've said, but I have zero control of, of that, that music. Like, Nick just has always and still always does that on, his own. Yeah, but I think 
I, I'm I'm ninety percent certain that he has a SoundCloud page. I'm a hundred percent certain that he has a Bandcamp page, and I have, in some recess of my mind, wished that he would just put out an album that's just his PKMN cast remixes, and it's just like track after track of of all these songs. Except he can leave out any of the ones that have my voice on them. Thanks. Oh man, the garbage one is very good though. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of good. So I will say, though, that, like I said like I said before, I don't, I don't tell Nick to make these songs. I don't tell him, like, I don't, like, message him after the show, and I'm like, hey, uh, 56 minutes in and 40 seconds is really good. Like, I don't tell him any of that. But we have talked about stuff before about putting an album out or something for listeners, and we thought about, like, doing a Kickstarter for it uh so the kickstarter would get you like digital rewards and everything and then that way i can pay nick for his time because i feel like if he's sitting on his own making these remixes that everyone loves he should get paid in in some capacity for for his time obviously he wouldn't be doing it if he doesn't like doing it but i think a kickstarter would be nice because then we could do a digital package and everything and send those out and maybe even the kickstarter people would get like one or two exclusive songs per per them i actually have three physical nick burgess uh cds sitting on my table right there where i can see them so maybe it was like a hugely successful kickstarter you could do like a a physical cd with art by nick burgess because he does art too oh that would be cool yeah i mean like the thing about a kickstarter is like you have this project that everyone sees because you the 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 other solution is like oh just do a band camp and then have people go to the band camp and buy it. Uh, very strongly believe that you know if people do creative stuff that you enjoy that you should give them money so that they can continue to make more creative stuff that you enjoy. Just as a basic rule of the universe. I mean, yeah, I, as a content creator, I believe in that. But there's also plenty of there's also plenty of content I've watched for free and have never given money to, but. I feel like if there's the the easier you make it to give somebody money, the the more likely people are to. Okay, so a good example I think is like podcasting. Like there's no good like if you're listening to a podcast in a car, there's no good way to give us money if you wanted to. You would have to remember that at the end of the show when I get to my job, I have to go to uh, Patreon.com/slash It's Super Effective, and then I can give money. Where I think like Twitch is really good at giving people a very easy way to give money because not only are you watching the person live, there's just a like subscribe now button at the top of the page that you can hit. Now, not only can I give you money for myself, I can actually give you money for other people too at the same time. <laughs> what, the gift subs? Yup. <laughs> I think Kickstarter very, makes it very easy, whereas like some people might have never used uh, like Bandcamp or anything. Yeah, there's there's been plans for that. Thanks for writing in. I was going to make a joke about sprinkles. This email is from Anonymous. They did not want their their name read, but that's okay. Oh, dear. Tokyo, Japan? Yeah, we'll, we'll say there for... Mr. Pokemon himself? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Pokemon wrote in. He's giving us a, a Togepi egg here. Uh, I've been listening to It's Super Effective for something like five or six years at this point. I just really want to say thank you to all of you. I started listening during the during the 45-minute walks to and from high school. And I've been... So they must have been out of high school for now. High school doesn't last four to five years. I hope. 
Well, no, it actually does last four years. <laughs> uh, and I've listened consistently since I graduated a few years ago. Oh, there you go. Uh, there you go. But I always come back to this podcast and it always makes me happy. I'm in college now and I recently, uh, and I'm, and was recently broken up with. It hit me really hard. I've been miserable and I've been trying everything I can do to feel better. And I found a little bit of that here. Listening to ISE and getting back around to finally completing Pokemon Moon, I started finally showing up to the Twitch streams. Be a little more part of this community and it's made me really happy. I'm a lifetime Pokemon fan, and I know I can always go back to Pokemon to make myself happier. I just want to let you know that I feel like I can always come to ISE for that, too. I hope I have to be a more active part of the Pokemon podcast community from here on out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anonymous. Well, welcome to whomever you are, and I hope you're able to enjoy being part of the community more. Yeah, thank you for writing in. That means a lot. I, I feel like, you know, 300 episodes will... I very much remember getting the first couple emails after starting the show and like how much they meant to me. And now like eight years later, like emails like this, like still mean a whole ton to me of just like writing an email takes takes some time. And it, it's a it's kind of like going back to the money conversation. You kind of have to go out of your way to do it. You have to remember that email address. <laughs> <laughs> To not only the person who wrote in here and everyone else, thank you so much for writing in an email. It does mean a lot. I, I'd say thank you for listening and thank you for writing if you take the time to write. I, we do appreciate all the emails, absolutely. Uh, this email is from Krogunk, Krogunk Lover 30 to be exact. <laughs> hey, SBJ and crew, I'm just writing in to say happy 300th episode. Thank you for the hard work for all you do and for your our enjoyment I've always been a diehard fan of It's Super Effective. Please keep up your guys' A-plus work, and thanks again, and congrats on your Twitch partnership, SBJ. It's so hard to pick a favorite episode, but here are my two favorite moments. It's always funny to hear Travis say, keep that dog clean in 2017. Uh, but my all-time favorite moment has to be the fact that Will loves some clanging and banging. Thanks one more time for everything. I really do appreciate it. Krogon Clover. From Utah. I actually was at the gym just this morning, but I was not clanging and banging. I was doing cardio. I thought you run outside. I haven't run at single time in all of 2018. It's, I just, I'm not doing the cold and it's been real cold. So, nope, I've been doing uh, ellipticals and then I can watch my cartoons while I do the elliptical as well, which is a big draw. Wait, what cartoons I mean, I are you watching? Pokemon? Card Fight Vanguard, dude. <laughs> oh, wait, they have a, oh, yeah, I remember you saying they have a cartoon. Heck, yeah, they got a cartoon. And it's hilarious because it's like it's the end of the world. And I'm sitting there on the on the elliptical crying. I mean, I literally cry at the gym over this cartoon. And I'm like, I am the biggest fool in the world because all these people around me have no idea what I'm watching. And I'm standing here crying, keeping my heart rate up at about 150 beats per minute. <laughs> and tears streaming down my face. Because it's how you the end up, of the world. That's how you pick up the dudes. Uh, this email is from Rosemary Chikorita from New Barktown, Johto. Hi, SBJ. How's it going? I absolutely love your show. Everything about it is perfect. I don't have many close friends who play Pokemon, so it's nice to be able to hear some other voices talk about it every week. Your stream is great, too, and I hope you do more Shiny Hunt soon. Mythical is a great show, and I finally caught up to most recent episode. 
It's okay if you don't end up continuing uh, Season 5 and just start fresh. I hate cliffhangers, uh, but I know it's probably difficult to get all the people back together on it. In the meantime, I'll vis- listen to Very Random Encounters, uh, which is another show that includes Greg, Travis, and Logan. Speaking of show hosts, I got to say that I love Will so much. Tell him I'm his number one friend. Fran, sorry, fan. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of friends out there, so number, I appreciate number that. Number one. Uh, we have some different views on uh, the quality of Gen 5, but I still love him. Uh, anyways, happy 300th episode and hopefully to a 300 more. Keep up the fantastic work. I love you all. Uh, I'm not sure how long you want this to be, so I'll stop here. Take care, Rosemary. And I believe Rosemary got into a fight with somebody else on your Twitch chat about who was my actual number one fan. So there's plenty of room for Will fans out there. You guys don't (laughs) have to fight. Yeah, Mythical got put on the back burner only because of Twitch. Uh, Obviously, when I think when I was still editing and producing Mythical, I still actually had a real job. And then I lost my job. Um, I mean, you have a real job. It's just not a typical nine to five job. Yeah, that's true. I guess I guess Twitch is my real job, but boy, it does not pay the bills like my my last job did. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I had a lot edited before I lost my lost my nine to five job, and then um then the carve really took off. And the carve was doing very very well uh, because Monster Hunter World sold very very well. So that just you know case in point. People want a Monster Hunter podcast because people enjoy playing Monster Hunter. And then, you know, Twitch is taking up a lot of my time. So I think there are two episodes left in season five, which I would maybe three, two or three episodes left, which will eventually get edited. And then there's another mini season that's actually all recorded and done. That would be like a three episode, kind of like the Gen Con episode that we did. Or the fiasco episode. So it is a D&D. Um, it's all recorded. We actually recorded it in... I want to say we recorded it in January. It was like right after New Year's Eve. Uh, so it's actually not that old. So as soon as as soon as soon I have time to finish Mythical. And then um, I'll put those out, those episodes out at once too. But yeah. Well thank you so much for the email. I do appreciate it. And we are back with another segment. I'm not sure which order these segments are in, but I am here with Al. Hello. And we are bringing back an old segment for you guys. Uh, If you read the show notes, probably not a surprise for you, but uh, we are bringing back Extreme Speed for today's 300th episode. Uh, And Al will be our uh, test. What's a... Is there a guinea pig Pokemon? Oh. I guess the closest you'd have would be Pikachu, who's the mouse Pokemon. Yeah. That's close to a guinea pig. Like Pat Rat, but that's not really like a... I mean, I guess they run rats through mazes, too. Uh, <laughs> but if you're unfamiliar with Extreme Speed, it was it was something we started... Oh, man. I want to say like around episode 120. Uh, and the goal was that we would do this with a new guest or just somebody who's maybe new to the show so you could get to know them better. Al, obviously been on the show for a while, but I think there's still things we can unravel here. So what it is, is I will read uh, pretty much A or B questions, and then Al will pick either A or B, even if Al does not like A or B, he has to pick one of them. Uh, and then the goal that never seems to work, but uh, I give people props for trying, is they have to p- 
pick which answer they want. For example, if it was like Starburst or Skittles, they would say like Skittles because uh, I hate the rappers on Starburst and then move on. So the goal is to like pick your answer and then give a one sentence why. But that usually devolves into like people trying to like over explain themselves of like <laughs> why they needed to justify picking the answer. So I don't need like I know I just I just need a, a, a like a one or two sentence of kind of why. And we're supposed to go through this quick, but in the reality, for us recording, it's not quick. I just make it sound quick in, in post. We're going to go through this. Hopefully at the end, you'll get to know Al better. Uh, but this is Extreme Speed. All right. Uh, so first question is Mega Manetric or Mega Pincer? Uh, Mega Pincer, because he has wings, doesn't he? I think the wings look quite cool. Chocolate candy or sour candy? Oh, oh! I'm gonna have to go with uh, chocolate because chocolate works in every circumstance, whereas sour only works sometimes. Like I've never, I've never not wanted chocolate. Okay. Pokemon X or Y or Pokemon Sun and Moon? Uh, Sun and Moon. It's just a, a better game. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a a really quick answer for that one. But yeah, it's just a better game overall. I think. Mega Stones or Z moves. Z moves. I like that you can only really use them once. I think that. Well, I know. I know you can only use Mega Stones once as well. But I like that there's one move that you get to use. That I think was an, an interesting addition. Uh, rainy days or snowy days? Snowy days, because rain tends to make you wetter when you're walking out in it. Black and white or diamond and pearl? Black and white. I never really played diamond and pearl that much, so black and white. Gen 4 remakes cancelled. Ninetales or Huntail? Ninetales. But the Alolan version. Ooh, I like that. Uh, Fairy type or ice type? Ice type. I find its type advantages are easier to remember in my head, but maybe that's just because it's one of the original ones. Uh, Mario or Zelda? I guess that's like game franchise, not like the two characters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so if you'd asked me that a year ago, I would have said Mario, but I think I'm going to have to say Zelda now. I just enjoyed Breath of the Wild so much, whereas I've been playing Mario Odyssey recently, and it's just not as good, I feel. It's still good, but not as good. Uh, Racing games or puzzle games? Racing. I don't always want to think. (laughs) Fire type or electric type? Uh, Fire type. My first Pokemon was Charmander and fire type has always been close to me because of that and i like fire who doesn't like fire like making fires very true are you a morning person or a night owl i like to think of myself as a morning person but i'm very definitely not i'm a a night owl uh steel type or water type water type because oh it's it's an outdated answer but it's easier to find outside of battle uses for water pokemon with surfing and stuff Obviously, that's less of an issue now, but... Uh, assault vest or choice scarf? Ugh. Got some held <laughs> items in here. Oh, oh boy. Uh, I'm going to have to go with choice scarf because I don't... I'm not really that much of a competitive battler, and I don't think I've really used assault vest, so... Uh, triple battles or horde battles? Horde battles. Particularly because I really liked the Zangus Survivor horde battles. They were really interesting. Because I don't think we'd had one before where... They would attack each other yeah. when you had multiple. It's a good reason. 
Hamburgers or hot dogs? Oh, that's a hard one. Now I have to go with a burger because oh, you can put more things on a burger. So with a hot dog, like you can really only put cheese or chili. Like there's not really very much else you can put on them. Whereas basically anything can go on a burger. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I had to pick some countries here, so uh, <laughs> I have Spain or Italy. Oh, Italy, because it has quite a. I think it has more varied climate than Spain. Spain tends to just be hot, whereas Italy has some cold bits as well. Of course, the Spanish people are going to be shouting at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magikarp jump or Pokemon shuffle? I'm going to go with shuffle because. Although I played Magikarp Jump, Magikarp Jump for a while, I think Shuffle was just a better game. Whereas Magikarp Jump was basically just a, you know, the button pusher. Shuffle actually had skill. Obviously, one of these is a state, one of these is a country. But uh, Hawaii or New Zealand? Ooh, I'm gonna go with New Zealand because it has a more a climate that would be more akin to me. I think I think Hawaii would be too hot for me. Uh, single battles or double battles? Single battles. I can't get my head around the tactics for double battles. Uh, the Pokemon anime or the Pokemon movies? Hmm. I'm going to go with the film, sorry, the movies, uh, because the companions in the movies, you know, the more recent ones where they've had different companions in the movies compared to the show tend to be less annoying. Youngster Joey or Camper Todd? Well, it has to be Youngster Joey, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> just just for that reaction, that's the reason. <laughs> Chips or fries? I wasn't sure well, how to write this as, as <laughs> I, I think they're the same thing to you. Uh, so I'm I'm going to go with what they mean to you, so that would be fries. Because okay. I'm, not, I'm not as fan of things that crunch I much prefer things that are soft, so fries over chips. Finally, Cleffa or Pichu? Pichu, because there's always going to be a place in my heart for spiky, spiky eared Pichu that couldn't come with us. Uh, all right, there you go. There's Extreme Speed. I hope you guys like it. I'm sure if you've been listening for a while, it was a blast of the past. I'm sure if you're a new listener, you're probably like, that segment was weird. <laughs> Or maybe not. Uh, Al, how do you feel about it? Oh, my, my, I need to get my heartbeat down. That was uh, very stressful. <laughs> that was good fun, though. Cool. Well, uh, since this is the only segment you're on, since we've, we've designated everyone to small segments, so the 300th episode wouldn't be four hours long. Uh, do you have oh, any... you'd never you'd never hear a, an episode of any podcast being that long, would you? No, yeah, never, <laughs> never. You have anything to say about episode uh, about three hundred episodes of ISC or just anything in general before we move on to our next segment? I guess just congratulations on you know getting this far. That's a lot of episodes, um, and uh, thanks for everything because I've I've been listening for quite a while now, and uh, good content frequently is. Uh, is good, so yeah, that's that's all. Awesome. Since I will probably uh, forget at the very end of the episode after all this editing, I'm just going to ask you now, where can uh, people find you on Twitter? Yes, so you can find me on Twitter at MCNK. That's Mick Inke, the Pokemon. 
and uh, we'll be back with uh, some more emails and some more segments. So, again, I don't know what the order this is edited in, but uh, we'll be right back. A dun, a dun dance, a boot dan dance, a dun, a dun dance, a boot dan dance, a dun, a dun dance, a boot dan dance, abundance, abundance, a dun, a dun dance, a boot dan dance, a dun, a dun dance, a boot dan dance, a dun, a dun dance, a boot dan dance, abundance, abundance. A dun dance, a dun dance, a dun a dun dance, a dun dance, a dun a dun dance, a dance, a dance, a dun a dance, a dun a dun dance, a dance, a dun a dun dance, a This is from Lord Byron from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, hi, Steve and the It's Super Effective crew. Congrats on episode 300. I've been listening to ISC for about a year now, and I love the show. I'm really enjoying Steve's Twitch streams as well. I wanted to get your guys' opinions on the hype and demand that's going on for information about Gen 8 on Switch. Before I move on, I just want to say, as of this email... There's no information about Gen 8 on Switch. That's <laughs> so true. But just for reference of when, if somebody's listening to this six months later. Why do you think Pokemon fans are demanding for Gen 8 announcements so soon after Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon only came out three months ago. Uh, Well, four months ago, because it's now March. But it already seems like people have moved on and are impatient for Gen 8 news. The gap between the last generation and the announcement of the next gen is usually six to seven months. And between Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, the release of Gen 7 announcement was a 15-month gap. Why are fans being so impatient after only three months since the last game? Do you believe that this is due to the fans being disappointed by Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, or simply excited about the potential of a new Switch game, or for any other reason entirely? Keep up the great work. Lord Byron from Chicago. It's actually a really good question, um, I think, and it's... Something I deal with on pretty much a daily base basis on Twitch because you'll have you'll have people coming into your stream and it might be the first or second time they watch you and you know that just leads to natural questions of like what's your favorite Pokemon, uh, what how long have you been playing Pokemon, uh, what's your favorite game in the series, what's your thoughts on Gen Eight? Those are just like normal questions that I get frequently throughout the day. So, uh, Will, do you have an opinion? So. I think the reason that people are so hungry about news of Generation 8, Pokemon on the Switch, et cetera, et cetera, it uh, comes down to two things. One, the fact that they've said, hey, the next Pokemon's going to be on the Switch, 
so people are like, you know, it's like you get that first scent of blood and you're on the hunt and it's like, hmm, I can smell blood. I know my prey is out there. Uh, and then second, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon weren't really new games. So basically, we haven't had a new game announcement in like two years. So we're really hungry for any kind of like new game information from Pokemon. I, I agree with Will. The big part is they mentioned it at E3 in that real awkward. I'm not, I'm not, not going to live that down. That that video, that announcement video at A3 was extremely out of place and awkward. Yeah, it was. But I do think it is not like a disservice, but I do think it's weird that people are so demanding of Generation 8 when... Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon ha- have, are not even four months old at this point. As at least of this podcast, they're not even four months old. They're almost four months old, but even so, four months is, is nothing for a game that they obviously want to push and market and make sure people buy. And I know people have said like, oh, Ultra Sun and Moon have sold as well as, you know, Emerald or Platinum or Crystal in the past. And yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is like Crystal, is like Emerald, is like Platinum. They're the same game except with some extra stuff and more so of a post game. But keep in mind that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon has two copies, whereas Platinum, Emerald, and Crystal are only one copy. So in my eyes, I don't think it sold as well as those past games. I think a lot of people didn't like the hand-holding aspect of ultras, of, of Sun and Moon. And the, you'll always have people on the internet that are vocal for one way or the other. People There, will, there are very die-hard Gen 7 fans, and there are die-hard Gen 1 fans, and obviously die-hard Gen 3 fans that have kind of shut up after they got their remake. We saw this heavily when, heavily, right before, before Omega, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire came out, it was... We got the remakes of Fire Red Leaf Green, and I would argue that the internet was not up in arms about a remake of Gold and Silver, and we got a remake of Gold and Silver, and ever since that day, they were like, okay, but when are we getting, when are we getting remakes of Gen 3? And we got that for years of, like, Gold and Silver, Heart Gold, Soul Silver just came out, and people are already demanding remakes of Gen 3 now because they... they st- Pokemon fans love looking for patterns. They love to feel like they know what the po- what Pokemon's next moves are. And they're like, well, Steve and Will, you guys do that all the time. And I was like, well, yeah, we're, we, we need something to talk about. But like... <laughs> You've got to speculate. I'm, I'm the first to admit that like Pokemon, especially in the last 10 years, has not been consistent. I mean, just look at Black and White. We we got sequels to that. Look at X and Y. We didn't get anything after that. Uh, look at look at Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. They weren't this single third version that we've gotten in the past. Like, if anything, Pokemon has been the most inconsistent in the last ten years. But Pokemon fans are so, for the majority are so diehard thinking that they know what game freaks and the pokemon company's next moves are and the fact of the matter is you guys don't look at the last three games they've all been so different than the first four games uh wait no first three yeah four games seven whereas we're so used to two copies 
third version, two copies, third version, two copies, third version. And like uh, to the point where people are like, well, it has to be colors, red, blue, yellow, black, white. Whereas like they were so diehard that colors were the thing and they changed away from that. I will agree that I think Sun and so I I would say that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are my favorite in the series because uh they do they they did so much for me in just restoring a lot of it was the first game I've completed a deck in since since Pokemon Blue where I got the entire 400 Pokemon that they asked I got the shiny charm it's the first game I started shiny hunting in it's the first game I think that I actually completed all of post immediately after I beat the game. I mean, eventually I did the Ultra Beast storyline in Sun and Moon, but that was not until, you know, months before Ultra Sun Ultra Moon came out. Uh, and it's a game I continue to play. And even to the point in Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, I want to do the battle tree. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't really like to battle that much. I'm hard pressed to say that that's my favorite game in the series, but now I've been playing through X and Y. And it's funny now to like read comments, uh, or people's thoughts about X and Y now after Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and people are like, well, X and Y was just this big tech demo I've I've read, which is a weird, or like, X and Y was just this boring and bland game, uh, or X and Y was really? so... For, I've been reading all these comments, and of course there are people that like love X and Y, but now that I'm playing through X and Y, five years later, which is funny because I just realized in my copy of X... I have a Jirachi sitting waiting for me that I haven't redeemed. <laughs> so now I have three Jirachis, which is pretty cool. But playing through X and Y now, not touching it in five years, besides logging in, getting a Jirachi, logging out, and not actually picking it up from the day, from the, the Poké Center man, X and Y is so ambitious. It does so much. Every single gym blows you away with their graphics. Um, just the, the overall visuals, the music on every single route. I will say, like, I don't care about Torino dancing. Uh, I don't <laughs> care about Shauna having a huge crush on me. I do like the red hair kid. I can't remember his name. I do like that his, like, shtick is he wants to collect more Pokemon than you, which I think is great, because that's the thing that draws me into a Pokemon game, is collecting Pokemon. Uh, I do like Serena's, like, will to battle and she's actually pretty competent when it comes to that but like the x and y is far from being like this 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 testing ground for 3ds if anything they kind of took a couple steps back with ultra sun ultra moon and i think for the most part i think they took those steps back because it's clear as day to me that sun and moon and even ultra sun and moon were rushed and i think they were rushed for the 20th anniversary uh and i think they're i think Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is the game that Sun and Moon should have been. And I think even so, Ultra Sun Ultra Moon still seems rushed in some parts. But I feel like X and Y is an incredible game. And I would be, I bet now, because of my love for Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, I bet now if I go back to Black and White 2, I bet I will absolutely adore it. I bet if I go back to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, I bet I will adore that as well how times have changed hmm. and i'm curious i'm just i'm just openly talking i'm curious of the people saying that stuff if they have played these games many times and i'm not saying that you need to play a game multiple times so like like i i i always i always hated that with movies where somebody was like oh well you know the the movies 
really funny the second or third time you watch it. You just you got to watch it more than once. I don't think any piece of work demands you to go through it more than once. Like if you don't like it the first time, at least you gave it an effort. But at least for me, X and Y is specifically standing out a second time playing through. And at the end of the day, I only have Ultra Sun Ultra Moon to thank for that because I Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon did inspire a a flame in me to go back and play these older games again. That's cool. I think um, a lot of people have a problem with X and Y because the story is kind of not great. But if you kind of put the story aside and just look at like the terrain, oh, trust and me, I Pokemon do Pokemon and the the music. You're right, like the music. And honestly, like the story's over before you even get to the last gym. And then it's like when you go to the Elite Four, and it's this you know amazing like stone castle and stained glass and it's just so beautiful and and just i mean it it is ambitious yes but as it should be and i i i mean i i love x and y obviously it's still not my favorite black and white still my favorite but i i have no complaints about anything with x and y um, except the story being you know kind of (laughs) weak that's pretty much it i think my complaint not my complaint, but I would have rather... So the the big thing that I always hated with X and Y, and it's the thing I, I dislike with um, Black and White 2, is there's this there's that save the world theme, and it's very strong. It's I feel like it's the strongest in X and Y, because the Lysander is literally pointing a death ray cannon at at the world. I don't care for stories in Pokemon game games, but also I, I can acknowledge that that story was pretty sound... It had a clear message. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, maybe not so clear of a message since they wanted to change some things. But Sun and Moon specifically had a pretty clear story that they told. Uh, and it was good. Uh, I don't really need to hear that story again. I've, I've experienced once. It was fine. It's not what drew me to the game. It was good enough for me to at least pay attention to. I think personally people like to replay Pokemon games and go back. Like, oh, I, w- I want to pop in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, go through it. Oh, I want to go... I mean, it's clear. It's clear when people are asking for remakes all the time that they like to play old Pokemon games. And that's kind of my thing with Diamond and Pearl. People are demanding Diamond and Pearl remakes. It's like, well, the literally the hardware you're playing on can play Diamond and Pearl. Like, nothing is preventing you from playing Diamond and Pearl unless you don't have Diamond and Pearl. And even so, like, I just went to GameStop with Micah. Used copies of Diamond and Pearl are only like 20 bucks. It's not like a used copy of Arc Gold Soul Silver, which is like 55 and hard to find. It's very easy to find Diamond and Pearl. Get Diamond and Pearl. Play Diamond and Pearl if you want to play Diamond and Pearl. But people like to go back to old Pokemon games. And I think when all is said and done and you finish Sun and Moon or you finish Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, some people don't want to go back to those because they remember that first island and they remember how handholdy it is. And that's a reason enough to turn them off. So I want to I want to say that some of the some of the dislike for Sun and Moon is somebody that these people just want a new game to go to and not have to deal with going backwards or replaying the current because they might be already done with the backwards stuff and the current just seems a little much of a grind for them to play through it again. And so that's why you hear people saying, like, can I skip cutscenes? Can I just, like, ignore all this story stuff? I just want to play and catch Pokemon. Because if anything, Sun and Moon are the worst, and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are the worst when it comes to, like, trying to get going 
uh, compared to other Pokemon games. Oh yeah, they, you got a, a lot of cutscenes and lead in on those games. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not like uh, within five minutes you're traveling from one town to the next town. <laughs> you know, t- pick your Pokemon. Let's go. I would I would tell people to like really chill on Gen Eight. Like it's only been four months for Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. Game Freak is a company that, like any company, wants to make money. So I think they want to make as much money as they can. Uh, before people decide that it's too late to buy these games and move on to the next thing. And and we don't want the disaster of 2013 to happen again. And if you don't know what the disaster of 2013 was, um, Animal Crossing came out in, what was it, July or August 2013? I thought it was September. Well, okay. Whatever point in the year it came out. And then... Then Pokemon X and Y came out and everybody's towns and Animal Crossing died from <laughs> neglect because everybody was playing Pokemon 24-7. So we need some spacing between Animal Crossing on the Switch and Pokemon on the Switch. Oh, and for record, a lot of people were disappointed that the Nintendo Direct did not have any Pokemon news. So two things. The first thing is that Direct specifically talked about how they were going to focus on Mario Tennis. So that's one. Keep Okay. So anytime a Direct is announced, they usually tell you what they're focusing on. If they say they're going to focus on Mario Tennis, it means they're going to focus on Mario Tennis. And they did. It was a 28-minute Direct. Mario Tennis took up the majority of that time for one single game. There's no world in which... They announce a direct focusing on a game as Mario Tennis and that they were going to follow that up with Pokemon. And the reason I say that is because one, which is also point two, is <laughs> we've had Pokemon directs in the past. And two, which I guess is also point three, is in no reality does a Pokemon game follow the coattails of a Mario Tennis game. No, no Pokemon game has taken a backseat to Mario Tennis, correct? Pokemon is so big and sells so well that it would be a disservice to everyone to be like, here's Mario Tennis. Oh, yeah, here's Pokemon for Switch. Like, that would, one, not only be a disservice to Pokemon, but it would also make you forget about all 26 minutes of everything else they have already shown, which they don't want to do. They don't want to, like, put down their other games. So that's why if and when they announce whatever they announce for the next Pokemon game, whether that's Gen 8, a remake of Gale of Darkness, uh, nice <laughs> Diamond and Pearl, whatever they decide to announce, it will have its own direct. It won't be sharing the spotlight with Mario Tennis. Uh, and Pokemon has had its own directs in the past. So yeah, that's just my thought on that. And normally, we get that end of March, early April, but we don't know what they're doing this year. Technically, they, they've they done their announcement. They did their announcement at E3. They, the announcement was, hey, a new Pokemon game is coming, which is something they've never done in the past, which is something that I don't think there's ever been a Pokemon announcement at E3 because Pokemon doesn't need E3. Pokemon is big enough to not need the coattails of E3, honestly. 
Uh, we've seen Pokemon games in the past get announced well before E3, and they dominate news sites because they don't need that grand stage. They just have such a big pull on its own that they don't need somebody else's conference to stand out. And that's why, going back to that announcement, it's very awkward and it's very out of place because I think that Game Freak didn't need that. A quote-unquote Generation 8 didn't need E3's main stage, but I think Nintendo needed something for themselves to put up there to get people excited. Because prior to that, keep in mind, July of 2017, the Switch wasn't that old. So I think for them it was like, we want to put all our eggs into the Switch basket, and we want people to leave E3 thinking, I still want to switch for this holiday. And I think quickly putting together that Pokemon, that Pokemon sitting at my desk saying a new game is coming out is just another egg we can put in the basket before holiday. And I think it worked because prior for the last couple months, people are like, well, I'm buying a, I'm buying a Switch because we know Pokemon's coming to it. So I'm just going to buy it now because eventually Pokemon is coming. So at the end of the day, I think that announcement worked to move Switches, but... That's usually not the the route that Pokemon goes down because they don't need E3 to sell a game, but I think Pokemon or I think Nintendo needed that to be there to sell Switches, and it worked. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're back with together, healthy, again. healthy living together again. He- the healthiest of Will living. You hold my hand. Mike is here. Hello. On the tradition of bringing back old segments, we haven't talked about healthy living in, in a good bit. That's what we're going to be talking about for this segment. I haven't been really healthy at all. No, I take that back. I've been a little healthy. Explain to me how. I have tried quail. Because I watched you just an hour ago eat triple pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Reheated. Reheated. It wasn't good. <laughs> what you didn't see is I had some strawberry quail. Ah. Uh. How's the quill? It's okay. Better than the Huel, right? Way, way better than Huel, but not as good as Soylent. Okay. So the reason that you jumped ship from Soylent originally yeah. was because we both thought that we were having adverse reactions to Soylent. To just the soy. Because I read online that male people... <laughs> male people, you know, you should always... Trust what you read online. That's the real healthy living yeah. segment. I read that males have a trouble of trouble, more trouble digesting soylent than soylent soy than women do. And so we thought that the adverse reaction we were having was that we both had very dry ears, like skin ear skin, yeah, for a bit. And then we went to also, Texas. Also, there were people on the soylent subreddit that were also experiencing. Ear dry ears. Yeah, and this was in the winter. This was in Wisconsin. This this was prior. Yeah, this was early January. And then we went to Texas for uh Pax South, and we both said for this trip we're gonna not drink any soylent and see if it clears it up. Uh huh. And we went to a different climate, <laughs> and it cleared up. It did. And we convinced ourselves that it was the soylent. But I'm very confident now it was just the weather. I'm pretty sure it was just the climate. Because <laughs> I went about two more weeks on Huel, which yes. is, or sorry, Quill, which is oat-based, no soy at all. Yeah. Issue is worse than ever. I get why Quill is called Quill. 
quick because it's quick meal. Quick meal. Yeah. Which I hate it. I don't. I don't love the name. Huel was h- human fuel. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's the deal with these names? They're all bad. <laughs> At least Soylent has like. A strong name that gets people asking the same question every single time, which is, does it have people in it? Yeah. And let me tell you, after drinking Soylent for like 18 months, yeah, I'm sick of hearing that question. I, I'm sure, but I would rather be asked that question than validate names like Huel and Queel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when the, the meal replacement bubble bursts... <laughs> Only the ones with the strong names will survive. That's right. Uh, but you have a lot of soy in your diet. I do. But you don't seem to be on the Soylent bandwagon as much. Not as much. Now that we 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 like kind of just recently came to this conclusion that it was the climate and not the Soylent, right? Like we talked about it, and I think in the middle of the conversation, we both kind of realized that it was probably the climate, and not the not right. the actual beverage. So I may go back to it because I have a lot of it still, but I do already have not a ton of soy in my diet, but there is there is some soy. It's mostly plant-based is my diet currently. Then like made in a lab? I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's made in a lab, but <laughs> <laughs> my friend Brandon used the term flexitarian, which I think is a good term. I like that term. That's what you are now. I, th- I think that's what I'm going to call when people ask me, because usually what I would say is... I am a, like, modified pescatarian, so I'll eat fish. Okay. But fish is the only meat that I eat now. But fish isn't meat, is it? Yeah. It's like fish. It's it's meat, though. It's like chicken is a poultry. Poultry is a meat? Yeah, but you don't say, you still refer to it as meat. Okay. Meat in in Western civilization is a very generalized term for, like, just, it came from an animal. Okay. <laughs> it's it's the meat of an animal that you're eating. So I eat fish and pretty much everything else is is vegan. And I've been doing this since September. And initially when I was embracing this diet, I thought to myself, there's no way that this is going to work because there's no way that I can sustain myself on a vegan diet as somewhat coming from being like just eating whatever I wanted, whenever. Was the last time you? Well, no, I I know the last time you had a burger. You've cheated. I have cheated throughout. It's not like super super strict, and it, it's not. It, some of it is for my personal health reasons. Of around September, I weighed myself, and I was up to about two hundred and ninety, and I was inching up on that three hundred mark. I believe, according to the Simpsons, you can apply for workman's comp. When you that, hit 300. That would maybe work if I had a job. What that, about just that getting was not a, a freelance job. What about just getting a moo-moo? I could do that. All I right. could realistically do that now. Okay. But I have since lost, at this point, 55 pounds. It's a lot of pounds. It is. That's like half of a... It's half of my, the, my wife. <laughs> just like dissipated off of me in the last few months. But it seems to be working, and the thing that was surprising to me was once I started to find alternatives to things, or quote-unquote replacements for things that I liked, meals that I liked, or you know, recipes that I liked, once I found alternatives to that, plant-based or soy-based alternatives, it made it way easier 
to do that. So mm-hmm. I still have like, I'll go home and make a meatball sub, but it's fake meatballs. The fakest. Yeah. But they're good fake meatballs. I went through rigorous testing <laughs> to find only the best fake meatballs. That's understandable. In fact, tonight, we 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 uh, watched some wrestling, and typically we get B-dubs, or, or in the past, we've gotten B-dubs. Mm-hmm. And only the finest chicken. Only the finest. Only the finest chicken meat. <laughs> but I brought my own fake chicken nuggets. And I made, uh, I, I cooked them on your stove and then I tossed them in beat up sauce, which was the honey, b- bourbon honey mustard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was a close enough experience with some great vegan ranch that I found to, uh, like simulating that, that experience close enough to simulating it that I can do that now. And it's not hard for me to like, I don't get that feeling of like, oh, I'm missing out on whatever because i found yeah. a good way to replace it right that has been the pr- primary key like find things to replace it and our our mutual friend tim has copied your diet yeah but i don't know i don't know what his progress What's his status? is status i'm not sure he just copied it like 2 weeks ago so. yeah he was hitting me up about the bacon that i that i buy oh cuz you get fi- you get fake bacon it's incredible we took it when we went to uh my in-laws over the holidays, I brought the fake bacon with me, and Becky's dad, who is a staunch meat eater, very staunch, very probably staunch. more than I am. Yeah, uh, I cooked I, him up. I some... like cheap generic meat. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it uh, pretty much mooing. Okay, still. I cooked up some fake bacon for myself one morning, and he was curious what it w- what it was, and I I gave some to. Uh, both of my in-laws, and they were very surprised, and then they asked me what the brand was, and they were like, we're going to maybe go look for it. It's really good. Huh. It's way better for you, I guess. I always hate saying, like, better for you, because everybody's different, right? Yeah. And I'm not one to... I've never been one to be like, I'm on this vegan diet, so you should be on that vegan diet, too. Don't eat meat, kids. Like, no, eat... But like I, there are days that I wish I was just eating meat all the time. But yeah, I'm doing it for my own reasons. I mean, you got results to back it up. I do, but you know, if you're not at that point and you can't go on this diet or you can't, you know, go with a strictly like plant based or mostly plant based diet, then you know, I'm not gonna be like, why you why are you eating that meat? Shouldn't be eating <laughs> meat. You do you. I'm All not right. going to be someone to get in people's face and be like, <laughs> uh, actually. Actually, sir. Sir. Do you realize that that has meat in it? <laughs> Let me give you a history lesson. Well, Mike, uh, 300 episodes. You did it. I wanted to have you on. I figured we were breaking up everyone in a different segment. So I yeah. was like, Micah would be good for healthy living. Why? Because I lost a bunch of weight? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what I was doing <laughs> I know, not not necessarily, but like, I've heard you describe your diet to people, and they're always like super fascinated. So, I mean, I could have had Will in the healthy living category, who's far healthier than I am, very healthy. But like, I feel like Will's health habits haven't changed since the last time we checked in. Yeah, where I feel like now at the end of this episode, people are going to be like slacking you, being like, "Hey, can I get the website?" <laughs> There's no website really which is the thing like that's I, the problem I Micah, up, you gotta start one okay so sp- if you're if you're curious 
what I did is I specifically cut out things that are super high in saturated fat. There are certain oils that are really high in saturated fat. Most animal meat is super high in saturated fat. Fish is different because it's it has uh the ocean. It has good fats. There's the ocean bad fat. fats and there's good fats. Fish has good fats. Okay. That's pretty much re- really it. Like <laughs> that's the gist of it. Just eat fish, don't eat high saturated fat things. Just be care just be careful. If you're trying to do what I'm doing, I guess. I don't I'm not I'm not I'm no pro, okay? <laughs> I also don't exercise and I feel like I should. Like that probably is important for this. Probably. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, don't ask me. I live a uh, luxurious life of not leaving my house ever. It's not luxurious at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's the reason why you're over here so much. Yeah. It gets me out of the house. Dying to get out of the house. (laughs) So I'm sitting on your couch. You're sitting on my couch. That's right. And that's That's living half the battle. (laughs) All right. Where can our listeners find you and possibly tweet at you? Thank you for being on this journey of 300 some episodes. I think you were here for at least half of them. I don't know about half, some. Well, I mean, like oh, like he like in the bu- the building, the, the vicinity, vicinity yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's that's probably right. Probably correct. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike of the Brave. I s- sometimes stream on Twitch at Mike of the Brave, and that's that's pretty much pretty much it. All right, that's me. Congratulations on 300 episodes. Though. That's a big that's a big deal cuz that's a long time. It's a very long time. We were How many years? Uh almost 8. That's on that's a that's like a whole child. This is actually probably like episode 400 if we actually numbered everything properly, but if the podcast were your child and they were they were in school, what grade would they be at uh, age 8? 5th? Is that 5th grade? grade? I feel like it is fifth grade because, no, maybe it's fourth. Maybe. Maybe fourth grade. Either way, they're almost done with elementary school. That's pretty big. That's a big deal. But I feel like I would appreciate my child more between, like, the ages of one through three, and I can't say I really appreciate the first three years of the podcast (laughs) that much. (laughs) Okay, well. (laughs) They're not great episodes in retrospect. (laughs) Don't say that. It was a journey. Yeah, it was, I guess, a learning experience, some would say. All right, well, we'll be back with some more emails and uh, continue this journey through uh, this episode. So uh, we'll be right back. What is a Nidoran supposed to be? It's a mix of porcupine, a rabbit, dinosaurs, mouse, whales, jackalope, probably a horse, and hamster. Porcupine, a rabbit, dinosaurs, mouse, whales, jackalope, probably a horse, and hamster. But then, like, what is? But then, what are like what? Is, but then, what is a Nidoran supposed to be? Porcupine, a rabbit, dinosaurs, a mouse, whales, jackalope, probably a horse and hamster. Porcupine, a rabbit, dinosaurs, a mouse, whales, jackalope, probably a horse and hamster. All right, this is from David from uh, Stevenage, UK. I'm not sure where that is. Well, it's somewhere over by Al's house, I'm sure. Yeah, probably right. Probably probably neighbor to Al. Hello, it's Super Effective Team. Happy 300th episode. What an amazing achievement. I've been listening since la- uh, since Octoberish of last year. 
and tuning into this show is my silver lining to my Monday morning drive to work. I collect the PT, the TCG, and played a few many of the main series games, watched the films and animes, and had a good couple of months when I was obsessed with Pokemon Go. Your content is nice and varied, which really scratches my Pokemon itch. However, I have a small segment. However, I'd like a small segment talking about the TCG. Nothing too long-winded, but perhaps a card of the week style conversation where you talk about a particular card doing well competitively or a card that has an interesting backstory slash history. Al, keep flying the flag of Europe. You're doing a great job in letting our American friends about the fine British cuisine, such as proper custard, chip soda, chip shop delicacies, and the delicious crunchy bar. I'll finish my long ramble with a question. After watching Pokemon the movie I Choose You, I was one, I was left wondering who would win an all-out four and four battle uh, between the four legendary beast teams up with Ho-Ho versus the legendary bird teams that teamed up with Lugia. David. This, this has a very simple answer. A very easy answer. Birds pick up the beast, carries, like, I'm going to grab me... Uh, What's the Bernie one? Uh, Raiko? No, he's the electric one. It'll work for him, too. I'm going to pick up that Raiko. I'm a Zapdos. Pick up Raiko. Fly him out over the open ocean and drop him in. Guess what? Short circuit. You're gone. All right. Give me... <laughs> who's the next one? Entei? All right. Pick him up. Drop him in the ocean. <laughs> he all fizzles out. He's done. Suicune? I'm going to fly him over to the Sahara Desert. He's going to be his own little oasis. <laughs> That's a good answer. I can't argue with that logic. They got that advantage. Um, to go with the card of the week, that would be pretty cool. I think we could, yeah. we could give that a try, maybe. If Pro- there's anything I love after 102 episodes of Drive Check, it's reading cards. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I would love to read cards and speculate about how good they are without having any clue whether they actually are good or not. <laughs> um, we had a we had a Patreon only episode. It was me and my friend Kid who recorded uh, some TCG talk, and a lot of people in Slack said they loved it and they wanted a um, they wanted an intro to TCG. So I might do you one better, David, and we might have a all tcg episode in i'm not i don't want to say soon but maybe in the next couple months where it might be just a good time to like start getting into the tcg and what you can buy and what you can eat what you need and maybe just just a lot of talking points for that honestly august would probably be the best for that because in august they rotate out a bunch of cards so all the break stuff will be gone yeah, that's when the big meta changes, so you can prep for the next meta. Yeah, every August is when like the the most changes in the in the TCG. So August is always like the best time to get in because a lot of sets rotate out. So then you you're not accidentally buying like right now Greninja break Greninja break is really popular, uh, but Greninja break only has six months left before it's completely gone. So you could invest you know two hundred dollars into Greninja break deck, but in six months it will be. Out the window, whereas there are other cards that will always be doing well for the next, I want to say like two years, like Tapu Lele will be pretty safe for the next two years. And that's that's like a $45 card right there, and most decks run three of them. Gotta run three. I mean, you can get away with two, but three is kind of 
kind of the most. This is from Kayla from Omaha, uh, Nevada. They write in and say, Nebraska. Nebraska, sorry. Uh, They say, Alola, congrats on 300 episodes. I can't imagine all the hard work you do to make the best podcast on iTunes. I mean, I wasn't going to say it. Uh, I cannot choose my favorite moment, but I do uh, love every con episode. Uh, Every time Will and all are salty, whenever Miss Delaney is on the podcast in general, and SPJ, SPJ, the way you pronounce words wrong, makes me laugh so hard every single time. Uh, One more thing. Congrats on your engagement. When are you and Irene going to talk about it on the podcast? Please at least tell, at least incorporate your cats or your love of Pokemon. Uh, And since, because Alola means hello and goodbye, Alola. Thank you so much. I like that. When are we getting another episode of the the, the Alolan? Is is it Alolan Vacation? No, what is that show? Uh, Alolan Vacation or Alola Vacation, I think it's called. That's my favorite podcast on iTunes. (laughs) Except it's not on iTunes. It's only through. That's my favorite podcast that shows up on my phone mysteriously. Whenever you guys manage to put one out, can we just get like an Irene podcast, like where she just does her own, or she just talks by herself? Sure, yes, whatever topic she wants to cover. I mean, I'm sure it would be anime. If Irene was to make a podcast, it would probably be an anime podcast. That would be amazing. I, take my $20 a month Patreon support. I want <laughs> Irene on anime. I want it. I want to hear all about Haikyuu and and like why she didn't like Dragon Ball. And I, I want it. I want to hear it. Is that what the podcast is going to be called? Irene on anime? <laughs> Possibly. Something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when the next podcast is going to be i've done i've been doing so much work with the 300th episode it's been very time consuming so hopefully soon nine times out of ten it's not me it's irene he has to be in like certain moods to record she also gets very self-conscious about recording but she needs to get over herself if i can do it she can do it (laughs) that's true that's true but thank you for the congrats i do appreciate it Uh, and thank you for the kind words we are back with another one of our segments. This time, I'm with Rochelle, a.k.a. Miss Delaney. Alola, I'm here. Alola, 300 episodes, and we're bringing back item of the week for this episode. The much-anticipated return of the best segment from the history of the podcast. Is it? Is it the best? I don't, I don't actually know. I... <laughs> I did always look forward to it when we did it. I say we as if I was there. I was not. I was listening, but I was not here. But I always enjoyed it. I, you know, I thought that PokemonCenter.com would die out before item of the week. But here we are. Here we are. Pokemon Center is still going strong. They're releasing a lot of stuff pretty much on like a weekly basis. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed with how much they put out continuously. In a never-ending cycle. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised since they just continuously in a never-ending cycle create more Pokemon and therefore more things to make fleshes of to make money from. I don't know. I get the emails every month. I can't even talk. I get the emails every month and they're just like, look at this new cute thing with the same eight Pokemon that we always sell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are going to be talking about a new item that just came out. Well, so it was funny because prior to us recording this, we were 
uh, Rochelle and I were talking about like what segment we would put Rochelle on. We wanted to do something shiny related since we both really like shiny Pokemon, but there wasn't anything like in particular. And since like this would have been like the only segment that wasn't really a throwback segment, we we found a happy medium. I think a perfect happy medium, which is my humble opinion. Which is us reviewing the shiny Tapu Koko Poke Plush Large 12-inch from PokemonCenter.com. Not a sponsor, of course. 12 inches. 12 inches of shiny Tapu Koko, uh, which is $32.99 on PokemonCenter.com. I will read the description, and then we'll go through the reviews, and then we'll just overall talk about it. Uh, just like old item of the week fashion. Uh, so this is, according to the description, large and dark shiny Tapu Coco plush has stiff orange crest. That's literally what it says. I'm not, I'm, I know I'm bad at, at reading and talking, but it says large and dark shiny Tapu Coco plush has stiff orange crest. That's comma. The, comma. That's not even the end of the sentence. It, you, this is great. It's, <laughs> it's a plus already yeah a plus already <laughs> heavily embroidered head and black and white pattern mask colon just the right for a <laughs> just right for a shiny pokemon it has pose it's posable arms make it easy to open or close shiny tapu coco's outer mask stands up easily and makes a powerful impression we always have the, the world's best writers write the bullet points. Uh, Rochelle will cover those for you guys. Are you ready for this? I'm, uh, I'm ready. I would just like to state for the record, that description was two sentences. <laughs> with a lot of commas. Yeah. All right. You ready for these exciting bullet points? I cannot wait. Posable arms make it easy to hide or show the inner figure, which was one of the two sentences in the main description. Shiny Pokemon are among the rarest kind, which I never would have known without this list. (laughs) Huge crest helps this plush stand 12 inches tall. And let me just say, I feel a little bit cheated that this says it's a whole foot tall, but really like a third of it is just the crest. And Pokemon Center original design. No one else could do it better. No one else could. They capitalized Pokemon and Center and Original, but not the word design, and I'm mildly disappointed. And then this was, in case you were curious, made in China, recommended for ages four years and plus, four plus years, sorry. It's uh, an all-new material of polyester fiber and polyurethane foam. Uh, Please surface watch, wash only. Warning, entanglement hazard. Do not place around neck. Keep away from very young children. I mean, that's good good advice. It's very good advice. It's such good advice that they put it in a large orange box. Before we get to the reviews, what are, you, what are your thoughts of Shiny Tapu Coco? Only one way to get Shiny Tapu Coco. That was the, the GameStop event that happened. Uh, so there's no legal way to get Tapu Coco in the main series game. It's the only Tapu that you can get Shiny. Unless you missed the event, then you can't get it Shiny. I really, really love the Shiny Tapus because they're all are basically, they have the same scheme to them where they're just mostly black and then their main color. So like Tapu Coco is black and orange and I think it looks really great. And I am extremely disappointed that we can't get them in the games. And I'm just waiting 
No. I want to say I'm waiting for them to just release the rest so I can have a beautiful little set. And I know that will never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Because, sorry, my other computer is just like, let me play you Pokemon background music. I'm like, that's not what I wanted from you. (laughs) I know that someday in like the middle of the next generation, some desk peon over at Game Freak is going to like be working on something that no one cares about and have this moment of realization like, oh my gosh, you guys, we never released the rest of the shiny tapus. And then is going to tell their boss and their boss is going to be like, that's fine. No one cares or notice, but I notice and I'm disappointed. (laughs) Anyway, so this is all to say I really love the shiny tapus and I really love shiny tapu Coco and I think it's a great Pokemon. Fries! I like shiny things. Amazing. Who would have thought? When they described it, I will say that I, I understood what they were saying because it looks like the um, what the crest, the like the 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 mohawk thing just looks like a giant piece of foam. Yeah. And I feel like that would get pretty limp over time. Yeah, that would be my one concern with contrary to my earlier comment, I'm not actually emotionally distraught that the fo- the the crest is like a third of the entire plush. But it definitely, like in the pictures, it definitely stands up and it, but you can also tell like it's, it leans to the side. It looks like the kind of thing where like if you accidentally set it down so that the crest was folded over and left it there for a couple hours, it would never stand up again. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make me excited to like see if this plush lasts, lasts the test of time. I'm yeah. sure it will, except for, like, the faux hawk thing going on. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the crest will just fall limp, and the rest of it will be greatly enjoyed. You can pose the arms because it has, excuse me, because it has wire in it, I guess. Uh, I'm not one for, I, I, I've expressed the kind of plushes I like. I like the pokey doll ones. I like when they look like, they look like they would be in the Pokemon world existing as a toy that, like, Ash or company would buy. And that's what I want to buy as well. I don't like the realistic looking plushes that that much. I, for the most part, agree with that. I think there are like two exceptions to that for me. And one is the Rotom Dex plush you can get. I don't know if you can get it on the U.S. store. Actually, I got it from the Japanese store. That's really cute. But I think it works because it's not like a Pokemon. Does that make sense? Like it's a Pokedex that just has Rotom face. Like, so it works. Yeah. And then the other exception are the gigantic sleeping Pokemon. I didn't even check if they still sell those. (laughs) But I have like the, it's supposed to be like almost a life-size Bulbasaur that's just like leaned over sleeping. And I think that works really well, but mostly because it's like, it's very specifically posed in a, a specific way with a specific expression to make it look like it's sleeping. So it's like, it works, but I also think it, only works for select Pokemon and not every Pokemon. Uh, let's get to the reviews here. Oh, man. We don't have to read all of them, but uh, we, we can pick and choose. I'm going to pick uh, I'm going to pick here. These are all verified buyers, by the way. Uh, it does. Pokemon Center has advanced since the time of Togepi Lover. Uh, by the way, let's just get this out of the way. There's no Togepi Lover review. Uh, unfortunately, I don't I don't think they are writing reviews anymore. And I think the nature of 
I looked. I tried to find one with Togepi Lover, and I couldn't. I think the nature of Pokemon Center is that they will discontinue products, and therefore discontinuing the reviews that are attached with them, since if they're no longer selling the product, it just no longer exists on the store. I'm sure they hide it or something, but uh, I could not find a single to And you can't search by, like, user review. <laughs> you can't just, like, type in the search bar, Togepi, and then hope for the best. Moment of silence for our beloved Togepi lover. It's, uh, it's a real bummer. It's a shame. But, we, but we, we do have some good ones. There's some great ones here that will hopefully fill that void in our hearts. Yeah. All right, so the first one I got here is by... Bucky B, verified by our four out of five stars. Nice plush. Tapu Koko is an awkward Pokemon they made into a plush. I wish there was a little more support in the mohawk and the outer shell. The arms are posable, but since the shell is attached to the head, that doesn't really mean much. Still, a high quality and well-made plush. It's surprisingly soft and has nice embroidered details. I love the black color. Just a hint of green, and that's it. That's the review. It kind of ends abruptly, but I think I think we get the gist. I mean, that said what they needed to say. I uh, don't know where the hint of green is. They are a verified buyer. I wonder if they're maybe talking about the eyes or something, but I'm like, this is pretty orange and black, man. Maybe, maybe once you get it in person, you'll see the green. Maybe it has green all over, and we just don't know because they uh, use a different picture than the product they ship. I don't know. Also, same concerns with the mohawk that we had. Thank you for verifying my suspicion, Bucky B. Verified buyer. Z zero people found this review helpful. Zero people found this review not helpful. What, would you like to pick a review? This review from August of last year from Alice G. Verified buyer. Okay. Five stars out of five, which is very good. Title. Sun loved it. Description. Sun loved it. Two people found this review helpful. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Also, for the record, no one found Bucky's review helpful. I did, though. I thought that was a beautiful and well-thought-out review, Bucky. But, you know, I understand where Alice is coming from. Just like, probably doesn't know or care. It's just like, my son liked this, so it's probably great. Five stars. And I can respect that. So I got a uh, Lisa F reviewed this five out of five stars. Shiny Tapu Coco Pokey Plush was the title. Uh, nine people found this review helpful. So get ready for it. Arrived safely. Period. Looks awesome. Period. Thank you. Exclamation mark. <laughs> I like the arrived safely as, as packages might arrive dangerously. This one arrived safely. I little known fact. In my mundane life, I work for a shipping company, and I can confirm that sometimes packages arrive very dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I always am really interested. I guess it makes a little bit more sense with something like Pokemon Center, where they do their own shipping, that people comment in reviews on the shipping. But like every, t I think it's probably because of Amazon, because Amazon does a lot of the shipping not the sellers on Amazon, and then people will still be like, it got here a day late, and I'm so angry, one star. And I'm like, they they didn't do the the ship, it's not okay. So, that was a weird tangent, I'm sorry. That's all good. More importantly, let's get to another review. Alright, this is all you. All me. We have another 
five-star review, this time from Anna G, Verified Buyer. Title, Loved It! Exclamation point. Decided to get this after seeing it at the Pokemon World Championships. Sounds like a real Pokemon fan to me. It's very soft and well-sewn, matching perfectly the form of Tapu Koko, which I'd imagine to be a very hard plush to make, exclamation point. The arms have inner wires to move the, quote, armor, unquote, around him, which makes him really nice to pose as well. I absolutely love the Pokemon Center plushes. Smiley face. One person found this review helpful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's pretty decent for a five-star review. I will say, from the pictures on the website, and just from owning a number of Pokemon Center plushes, the embroidery is normally pretty good. I can believe that. Would you like to hear the absolute best review of this product? I would. Yes, please. All right. This review is from last year, 8-18-17. Okay. From, I don't know how to say this name, Akim B. We're going to go with that. Good old Akim. Good old Akim. Five stars. High quality product. The review, the content of this review. Title, the letter H. Lowercase, please. Sorry. I didn't mean to mislead anybody. Lowercase h. Huh. Content of the review. Lowercase h. Huh. Two people found this review helpful. (laughs) I just... (laughs) I just want to point out the absurdity. I mean, I love this. I totally get it. If I was logged into Pokemon Center, I I would hit that thumbs up button right now. 13 did not find it helpful. Which is 13 people who don't understand how reviews work, obviously. Who doesn't understand an H out of H? This is the best possible score you could give something. Exactly. Like, this person clearly understands. Just, it's clearly just an outpouring of emotion. It's, It's that this plush is so perfect that there aren't even words that can describe just some vague... Sound that you can make huh. to encap to encapsulate just how perfect this plush is. <laughs> I agree. Meanwhile, Bucky Bucky B's nice detailed review has zero thumbs up. <laughs> Gotta work on your game, Bucky. But yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know if that convinces me to buy Tapu Coco. I mean, an H out of H review is is unbelievable. But I'm not the biggest Tapu Coco fan. I think I like Lele better. Uh, I think I like Bulu better. Tapu Coco is probably third on the list. I think Tapu Coco is my second. Bulu is probably my first. Yeah, Bulu is pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like this is the kind of plush that like I might not go out and buy for myself. Mostly because I don't generally spend $33 on an 8-inch plush with a 4-inch mohawk. But... I would probably also be extremely excited to receive this as a gift or something. So it's in that nice category. Totally, totally. Well, I think, uh, I think that wraps up this segment. Uh, there's your item of the week. Sorry there was no Togepi lover, but we all know deep down that they are out there somewhere. Leaving us fantastic reviews. Maybe not on Pokemon Center, maybe on Amazon, maybe on Walmart.com. We're not sure. But if you can find a review by them, please let us know. Because I could not. I looked at a lot of products. Maybe too much 
too much time spent looking at products, but uh, thank you, Rochelle, for being here. Anytime. Uh, we did this with Al, but uh, since since I'll probably forget everything at the end of the show, uh, where can listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Miss Delaney. It has two L's. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to say you can find me on Slack most days, but I don't know if you want another Slack plug. We, we can never get enough Slack plugs, really. <laughs> Join Slack. Join Slack. A plus content. They will talk about Pokemon plushes with you every day. And uh, I, would, I would give Slack an H out of H. You know what? I would too. I know that seems a little high and people might not believe that, but honestly, it is a 100% H out of H community. Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to be right back. We're going to do some more emails and then some more mini segments. And uh, yeah, uh, we will be right back. Keep that dog clean. Keep that dog clean. Keep that dog clean. Keep that dog clean. Uh, Keep that dog clean in 2017. Uh, Keep that dog clean in 2017. That dog clean in 2017. Just gotta keep him clean. Just gotta keep him clean. Keep that dog clean in 2017. Just gotta keep him clean. Just gotta keep him clean. Uh, keep that dog clean in 2017. Uh, keep that dog clean in 2017. Keep your canines uh, in good condition in 2017. Uh, this email is from Connor from Toronto, Ontario. Hi everyone! For your 300th episode, I thought it would—I uh, thought I would share some of my favorite things about the podcast. I've been listening to the show for about a year now, and it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to in general. One of my favorite types of episode is when SBJ and Irene do reviews of the Pokemon television show or movies. Uh, you would probably love a little vacation then. Uh, one question for everyone is: What is your favorite way of relaxing when you are stressed? Thanks for everything, and keep up the amazing work, Connor. That's a good question. What, what, what's your answer? Because I'm I'm constantly stressed. <laughs> uh, I'm not constantly stressed. I would say, I would say that like for the longest time, it was playing Destiny or Final Fantasy or v- pretty much just any game in general. But see, it has to be like uh, it has to be a game where I'm kind of doing the same stuff. Like it has to have like that loot grind. Because I don't think if I'm like stressed, I could go in and just play like a very heavy story heavy game like persona no yeah that's like for me like you know how i get up in the morning and the first thing i do is play monster hunter that's like literally my i'm gonna have a very chill entry to the day and a lot of times what i'll do especially with monster hunter world is like an expedition and i'll just be like i'm gonna go pick flowers and mushrooms for half an hour and then i'll be ready to face the day and it works monster hunter i think would be my new stress reliever yeah it's also very um cathartic when you're like slicing and dicing into some horrible creature and you finally take it down and you're like yes i did that with my own two hands congrats will i mean another thing would be like uh meditating or at least thinking mindfully i think has helped me a lot somebody who hasn't like meditated in a while and should for me at least i I, at least i'm constantly thinking about it which i think is it, it works for me at least half the battle of just um, being mindful of what you're doing, I think, goes a long way. In days where I was extremely stressed, I think just taking 10 minutes out of my day and just 
doing a quick meditation session really helped me focus. I could always like, especially after I started doing it, like looking back at my nine to five job, I feel like I'm the busiest I've ever been. And I I have my own work schedule, right? I can decide when I want to stream, when I want to edit, when I want to record. And I feel like the last couple of months, I haven't had any like free time to myself. But then I like look back at my nine to five job and I'm like, well, I got to work at like 10. And I really like checked my email and talked to people in Slack and like checked Reddit for two hours and then two or three hours. And then it was like one o'clock and then it was lunchtime. So then I would get lunch and I would come back and I would watch like some video as I ate lunch. And then it was like, well, now it's been like an hour since I've checked Reddit. So I need to go back and check Reddit again. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, it's getting near the end of the day. So I probably shouldn't start any work. And that was a lot of how some of my days went. And so if I did want to like get focused and get a lot done, um, that definitely helped uh, with at least my workflow at the time. It doesn't work for everyone, but it worked for me. No, I, I agree. But one thing also is like you kind of like sell yourself short when you're like, oh, I could stream whenever I want. Blah, blah, blah. Of, of all people I know, you like pay attention. You do like analytics. You you have an idea of like, if I stream at this particular time, this is when I'm going to have the most number of viewers and you schedule yourself around those kinds of things. You you don't just like wake up and scratch your head and you're like, ah, eh, I guess I'll do it like in an hour from now. No, you, you know exactly because you actually post a schedule <laughs> when you plan to stream. So like, don't, don't undersell yourself for like how much you think about it and plan out and actually meet your own, you know, goals for, for what you want to accomplish. Um, because you know, it is, it is work and it's the, the work is not only sitting in the chair and streaming and talking to people and petting your cats. It's like planning out what are you going to do? When are you going to do it? What results do you expect to obtain from doing it in that manner? And then, you know, evaluating, you know, were you successful, right? You you said like the other night, you're like, or I think it was actually last night where you like had a really low number of viewers and you're like, for some reason on the weekends, the, the number of viewers have been low. And I'm sure you're going to like think about like, okay, is there value in me continuing to stream on Saturday versus something else I could be doing that would be generating revenue, money, whatever. So that's number one. Don't don't sell yourself short. Number two, <laughs> purely uh, functional. Uh, I find uh, yarn crafting to be huge stress reliever. I don't do meditation. Um, it's not anything I've ever looked into. It's never anything I've ever been interested in looking into. But I do find that doing knitting, doing crochet. Uh, you have a self-selected choice of the amount of focus that you want to give to it. I mean, it typically requires some amount of focus. You want to be sure you're, you know, counting stitches, putting stitches in the right place, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there are some projects you can do where you don't have to think about it so much and you're just like going, 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 going. There's other ones where you're doing a pattern or something where you have to stay focused on making the stitches counting the stitches, skipping the stitches, doing them the right way. And having that kind of option when you can actually give all of your attention to just forming the stitches and what's even better, at the end, you come out with something that you've made is is really, like it can help to take you out from a like individual thing that is on your mind that you can't distract yourself from. 
Um, it's just like a tool that I use to, to kind of break myself when I'm like really focused on something that's stressing me out and I just need to step away from it for a little while. Irene used to knit and now our yarn is just cat toys. I know. I bought her some real expensive yarn for her 21st birthday. I remember that back then. That was American made, locally sourced. So long ago. Stop. <laughs> she made some stuff, but she hasn't made anything recently. All right. This uh, email is from Alex uh, from Ohio. It says, Hey, SBJ and the entire ISE family. First off, wanted to say congrats on episode 300. From debates whether a hot dog is a sandwich or the legendary cats or dogs. Uh, I have so many favorite memories. This is my first time writing in, but I've been listening for about a year and a half. I have enjoyed the show so much that I've decided to become a patron and join Slack. I feel like I am now a part of a huge, a whole big family, and everyone is so nice and amazing. Steve, thank you for creating this family slash community and this podcast. Don't ever stop what you are doing, and thank you so much for the hours of entertainment. I cannot wait till next week's episode, Alex. Thank you so much, What's happening on next week's episode? You know, back to us debating about hot oh. dogs. All right. I refuse to debate about hot dogs anymore. I will only debate about half smokes. Uh, this message is from Johnny from uh, Auckland. Hey, SBJ and crew. Congrats on 300th episodes. I know you're looking for your favorite moments, but my favorite thing about ISE has become the Slack community, which anyone can be a part of for as little as $2 a month. Just head over to ISE.cash. He wrote that. I did not. Uh, and so I write to you with my favorite Slack memory or moment. I loved when the 90 emoji was removed because it meant that no one knew how to write my jokes. So they started to hang in chat, stalling conversation until somebody comes up with actually that's something that is funny. It was magical. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So real quick, there is there was uh, there's like that 100 emoji. Where, like, if somebody said something, you could be, like, 100%. Like, oh, like I nope. use it as, like, 100% I agree. Or, like, 100%. Or it could be, like, that's perfect, right? Right, yeah. 100% perfect. Um, but Nick made a 90 emoji where it looked like the 100. It was it just said 90 instead of 100. So when somebody, like, told a joke that wasn't that funny, they, people would use the 90 instead of the 100 to, like, signify, like, not perfect, but there was some effort. Uh, and I uploaded a bunch of new emojis. And I removed a lot of the ones that weren't being used. And I didn't realize that 90 was being used a lot. So I removed it. And that caused this huge uproar in Slack of the 90s emoji. It was Every time I upload a bunch of emojis, I always remove some. Because I don't want... You know, I don't want too many emojis and then people getting overwhelmed i was like ah this emoji's not being used i'll remove it and no one ever cares about the emojis i add they only care about the emojis i remove <laughs> well we did care when you added the 300 i did not make that one that was nick wow. well see i i'm i probably have the power to make custom emojis as well i just don't do it Oh, goodness. What's truly amazing to me, though, also, is that uh, Johnny is actually a sheep with a bucket on its head. A bucket on its head. That's really hard to say. A sheep with a bucket on its head. That's what Johnny is in New Zealand. Yeah. And then it says, yours in Blastoids, Johnny, a.k.a. Sheep, a.k.a. Lore Trick, uh, a.k.a. the guy that acid, 
asked if Pokemon bled and Miss, uh, aka Mr. La- Misty's third biggest fan, aka a the real Kiwi, aka this joke is a solid 90. Dang. Uh, this message is from Chris from uh, Lividia, Greece. I think this might be our first person that wrote in from Greece. I could be wrong. Nice. But- that's pretty uh, cool. Who knows? I've been a fan for two months, and I'm really enjoying the show. I have to say that Al is my favorite, since I can relate to him the most. We're both European. Uh, which, with all these Switch rumors, I wanted to ask you a very relevant question. How would you rate Farfetch's ability to hold a stick from the scale of 32 to 64? I think it's a 48. Jokes aside, I really like the podcast. Keep up the good work. Uh, that's a uh, 37. Ability to hold a stick. Mm. I mean, it doesn't have fingers. I'd give it like a 41. You wouldn't give it a 47? Nah. World of no sevens. Uh, This (sighs) message is from Valiant. Uh, Hi, everyone. Valiant from Slack here. Happy 300th episode. Uh, I've been a listener for just about 100 episodes now, so more than two years. Time flies. Just wanted to say thank you guys for the work you put into the podcast and the wonderful community that has sprung up around ISE. I visit Slack on a daily basis, even though I'm usually lurking. It's always a ton of fun to interact with everyone. Uh, I've got a lot of great memories from Slack. The Mayo War, uh, hashtag Donkey Kong, the Night Crew shenanigans, etc. The podcast has also provided me a great source of entertainment and news. ISE has helped me a lot. Of, ISE has helped a lot in getting through the last couple of years. I think I remember hearing uh, somewhere we should have our favorite podcast memory. Either way, you're getting them. It's pretty hard to choose, but some highlights have definitely been the the remixes by Nick, the Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon Ministries, and the beginning of a lot of running jokes about dirty dogs and house cleaning. I've got one question uh, for you all. What is your favorite thing about Pokemon? Why do you keep coming back to the series? Once again, a massive thank you. All of you guys are my favorite, but Mich- but Rochelle is my most favorite. Here's to another 300. P.S. I feel obligated to plug that there are channels for Pokemon lore and Pokemon D- Mystery Dungeon in Slack. Please join us. Valiant. Uh, I like to collect Pokemon, and they keep making more Pokemon, so I have to collect even more of them. Um, I don't. I just it's it's a game I enjoy. I've I've had my ups and downs with the series, but fundamentally. They're giving me an opportunity to travel around some imaginary world, collecting Pokemon and using Pokemon to battle other Pokemon trainers, and and why not? That's what I enjoy spending my time doing. And then I get to talk to people about doing all of those activities I just described. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I think for me it is the collecting. Very set personality where I like to collect things. When I was younger, when I bought a an album from uh somebody like i don't know like when i was younger i listened to a lot of green day so i wanted all the green day albums no matter how good or bad they were i wanted to make sure i owned every green day song and you can take any artist and apply that uh like when i got into jay-z i was like i need everything from jay-z and then as soon as i got all the digital music i was like i need all the vinyls from jay-z or whatever Again, don't get hung up on the artist. You can just take any artist and replace it with who I said. Uh, and then that has also translated to, like, games. Like, the first time I played a Final Fantasy, I was like, I need to play all of them. So I quickly learned that they're all just very, very different. But 
with Pokemon in particular, uh, I think it is the collecting of Pokemon. It is the, it was the collecting of cards when I was younger. And it was the collecting of like plushes when I was younger. Like, oh, I have all the plushes so far. If they release more plushes, I need to get them. And you quickly realize that plushes are expensive and they take up a lot of room and they collect dust and you can't really do anything with them. But now I'm 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 in like a I'm in a set way where I don't have that urge to collect anymore. I've sold a lot of a lot of movies and again I did the same thing with movies. Oh, I have this movie by this director, so I need all the movies that this person has directed or produced. And I've sold a lot of movies, I've sold a lot of games. I don't think I have a single CD left in my house besides like maybe Nick's album that I got from him when I visited him in Boston. So that's saying something. But Pokemon is still a way for me to like scratch that collecting urge uh, in a digital format, and I not only that, but they're they're good games. I like playing them. If it was just a collecting game, I don't think it would be as compelling. But I did the same stuff with Destiny. Like when I played Destiny One, Will can attest I was very obsessed with getting all the emblems, all the ships, all the guns, uh, all this the is true. all the gear. Even though I probably wouldn't use the gear, or I wouldn't use those guns, or I would never equip that emblem. But I wanted all of them. And so, Pokemon, like if Pokemon didn't have Pokemon Bank, I would probably be less like. I would probably still enjoy the games, but Pokemon Bank is such a big part of it to make sure that your Pokemon always get to go with you from the future up, and they're in a safe place, so if somebody ever stole my DS or I ever, you know, spilled a glass of coffee on on my DS and my game was ruined, 90% of my Pokemon are in bank at all time, all times. Yeah, and it's still like a little bit of sand in my shoe that I, uh, I don't have Poipole. It's the only Pokemon I don't have. Why don't you have Poipol? You just go get it. I, I evolved it. Oh. I, you, don't, you don't get a second one. Didn't you buy two versions of the game? No. I never buy two versions. I very rarely buy two versions of the game. I thought you were a two-er. Nah. I thought you were a So if somebody out there is like stockpiling Poipols, you want to toss one over my way, I'd be very appreciative. I bet we get the shiny Poipol, right? You know, we, we keep holding out for that, but we've got a year's worth of distributions laid out. Well, then again, they never said anything about the three starters, so that's Yeah, can we talk about that real quick? Like, that had to no, be a Pokemon that's news. Day thing. You said no news. That had to be a Pokemon <laughs> Day thing, though, right? Yeah, they, I think so. They, I think you're right. They must have just missed the deadline. I think TPCI, this is something that I have an aptitude and experience with, they need to hire me to be their project manager to set some timelines <laughs> and some resource management so they can start delivering project products without having to either rush or miss deadlines. Let's get it together, folks. My complaint was, why don't they just give us something? Like, just, like, it di- I, like I said specifically, just give us a Pokemon. It doesn't have to be a shiny. It could just be a Pokemon that knows a specific move. And they did. Only they were like 10 days late. They gave us three Pokemon with hidden abilities, which is just as good, I think. Definitely. You had to have Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, which is makes sense. They want to make sure they're rewarding people who buy their latest games. Really, at this point, if you're listening to a Pokemon podcast and or you still care about Pokemon on Pokemon Day, I feel like you should probably have Pokemon Bank. It's $5 a year, not $5 a month. $5 a year. It's incredibly cheap. 
and when they announced the when they announced the Pokemon Bank stuff, I thought, oh, maybe there's going to be something to go inside. Like maybe that maybe they're adding something to Pokemon TV. Uh, maybe there there's some sort of day in day out announcement with this. And there wasn't. I guess like they announced the new season of the anime. Maybe that was it. But yeah, I th- they did and, and and Detective Pikachu stuff. But hmm. But I feel like why did they not just release those on Pokemon Day? Like that would have been such a cool Pokemon Day announcement. No, I agree one hundred percent. Like just do that. Like it's cl- it's very clear they can do it. It's very clear they can just take a Pokemon and give it to us. I uh, maybe there's a lot of work. I don't know. I have no clue what that entails. But they don't need GameStop. But, but you know what? Even they they can go and hire me for their communications because you know what they could do? Put out a communication on Pokemon Day. Hey, in ten days we're gonna give you the three starters with their hidden abilities. That happy Pokemon Day. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, That's they okay. absolutely could. They could see. They could have even said like. Sometime in March, this is coming, because Pokemon Day was February 27th. But yeah, that's cool. This is from Max. Max writes in and says, what's up, SBJ and crew? I've been listening for several years now, and I'm super excited for y'all reaching the 300 milestone. Congrats to everyone involved, and here's to many more. My first episode was about six or seven years ago. It was around episode 50. Uh, It was the Super Bayleaf episode featuring Kenny, and I've been a fan ever since. I just want to let you know I'm extremely grateful for all the work that you've put into the show over the years and the community around it, including the forums on the old website, the Slack community. Uh, my favorite parts of the show are when the hosts strongly disagree about something because it leads to the most entertaining discussions. Keep up the great show, Max, a.k.a. M-Dude. P.S. My favorite Pokemon is Kling Clang. Didn't we recently have a discussion about Kling Clang? Or did I have a discussion with somebody else about Kling Clang? Not I with can't me. remember. Not with me. Hmm. Well, that shows what happens when you turn 45. Yeah. I can't remember who you talked to yesterday. It's all down the window. All I... down the window. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, it's all down the window. I. It's either out the window or down the hill, but... <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. I like... You try so hard and fail every time. The thing is, the thing is, is I say it so casually, okay, casually, and then you almost always, like, go with it, and then you take a second to stop to think, and then you call me out on it. Well, I'm not going to let this just... Our poor listeners out there are like screaming in pain and i've got to do something to take care of them um i i like the disagreements too because i i agree i do think it leads to a more interesting conversation instead of all of us going like we like pokemon but then we always get the one or two people that are like your show's negative and it's like well yeah one person didn't like this but everyone else did it's it's okay it's okay not to like things it certainly is. And it's also okay not to always like the same things as everybody else. Yeah. Well, case in point, only Will likes Gen 5. That's not true. <laughs> there are other people in this world that like Generation 5. The thing is, it's, you're just like doing like willful forgetting because there were like great features of Gen 5 that nobody ever brings up. And then you bring them up and they're like, oh, yeah, that was really cool. And it's like, but you just choose not to remember those cool things. I know. Yeah. 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 
I'll, we're, we're, I mean, I'll play Gen 5. It's on the list. I mean, I did play Gen 5. Keep that in mind. I got all the way to Skyla in Black and White 2. That's pretty far. Not really. It's about halfway. I mean, that's more than a lot of people gave Gen 5. That is true. This message is from Greg. It says, hello, ISE. Congrats on 300. Congrats on episode 300 whenever it actually arrives. Just wanted to drop a note to celebrate the 300th episode of It's Super Effective. And to thank you all for the good listening over the last X amount of years. I've made many good friends through the podcast. Uh, got to do new things through Mythical, and I've yelled a lot on my phone when you've gotten things wrong. It's been a great time so far, and I look forward to all that is yet to come. Thank you for being my Pokemon pals and making a great series of games even better. All my love to every host, past, present, and future. Greg, P.S., Will and I are clearly not the same person as he clearly loves inferior Florges over much more fabulous Rosa Raid. Whatever. Do, do you know what's absolutely amazing? Earlier today, <laughs> I was walking, I, I went to the grocery store, and I was walking, because it's about, a, a, it's a bit of a walk from where I park my car to to my place, and I was carrying my groceries, and I was thinking to myself, because I, I tend to think during those times, and I was like, you know... I really look up to Greg. I am like so happy that being part of this podcast and everything has put me in contact with so many people. But it's like of all those people, I, I really look up to Greg. You know, he just, you know, I just there's there's lots of things that I admire about him and that, you know, I, I find value in, in having a relationship with him. And now he's just destroyed all of that <laughs> with his foolishness about stupid <laughs> grass poison whatever doesn't even evolve in the same generation pokemon that aren't a beautiful floral going from this the cutest of all little fairies dancing on a flower into this you know gorgeous floral maiden you know of, of the emblem of fairy type of the emblem of x and y Roserade is not the emblem of anything except like, you know, an anti-insect spray that you want to bring out for your plants in your garden. So I, I just, I, now I feel ashamed of how I felt earlier today. Thanks. Greg's a good person. <laughs> I love interacting with Greg. And every time I go to Minnesota, we have lunch and it's great. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Manchamp? 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 Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? We're back. Here we are. Myself. I'm well, I've been here the whole time, but <laughs> Irene is here. I'm here. And it wouldn't be an episode of It's Super Effective without Pokemon of the Week. I guess. 
I thought you were gonna say without me, and I was like, mm, that's debatable. Yeah, no, we know it. We can get on without you. Yeah, well, moving along. Yes. Uh, you were the you were the last part I needed here to complete episode three hundred. We're gonna do. And you know what? Can I make a note of something? Sure. I'm not going to cry doing this. Okay. All right. That's that's a throwback to embarrassing times. This week's Pokemon of the Week is one of your favorite Pokemon. Yay. Uh, one of my favorite Pokemon, too. Uh, it is Poplio, the water-type Pokemon introduced in Generation 7. Normally, Will does this, but Will was already on the entire episode, so decided to give him a break. Where was Will right now? He's not here. He's not here. He's, He's not, not here he- to do his duty, so you have it's, to fill... It's you- just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> you can make it we if can. you try. We Just can. the two of us. Uh, so Will reads the biology and the origin from uh, Bulbapedia. Okay. So that is that is your job this time. All right. Poplio is a pinniped. That means a seal. Pokemon that is primarily blue. It has large eyes, a long white snout with black whiskers, and a round pink nose. There is a small rounded ear flap on each side of its head. Around its neck is a light blue ruff which extends past its shoulders. It has four flippers. The front flippers are larger than the than the hind. Four and, flippers! And have white markings separating its toes. Poplio is able to snort bubbles of water from its nose, which it uses as part of its battle strategy, and it can swim at 25 miles per hour, which is 40 kilo- kilometers per hour. That's for our... Uh... Canadian friends. Oh my! That's for everyone else, basically. <laughs> but um, America, okay. On land, it uses the elasticity of its bubbles to perform acrobatic stunts and jumps. It practices daily with increasingly large water bubbles. Poplio may be based on a sea lion with elements of a circus clown, and Poplio may be a combination of the sea and li- the, the sea lion pup, Pop, Popo. Hawaiian for ball, and oh, here it is. Can you do it? Ilo halo i ka ua. That's pretty good. Way better than I could do. Hawaiian for the Hawaiian monk seal, meaning dog that runs in rough water. Ashimari may be a combination of Ashika, Mari, and Marine. Sea lion, ball, and Marine. It's almost like they put thought into this Pokemon. I, I, I imagine that they put thought into all Pokemon. No, they didn't put any thought in Basculin. Okay. The worst Pokemon ever. Well, Ugh. nobody's perfect. Some trivia here. Poplio shares its category with Seal and Dugong. They are all known as the Sea Lion Pokemon. And if you're curious what a shiny Poplio looks like, it is a darker blue, and it's uh, Circus Collar. It's flaps, the sea flaps, whatever they said. It's, it's I, would just I already say, forgot. I would just say it's collar uh, is like pink instead of teal. Oh, cute. So it is a little bit noticeable. I, I mean, I guess you're looking for the collar. That's the standout because it's just a darker blue. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Poplio? I love Poplio. Poplio is such a cute Pokemon. Um, I had, I picked Poplio for my Pokemon Moon run through. And um, I think I named him Aquarius, from what I remember. And uh, Poplio evolved into a beautiful Primarina. But, I mean, 
Primarina is great, which is why Poplio is even greater because it's a baby Primarina, basically. What about that Brion? Yeah, Brion, whatever. What? Brion is a nice, Brion is like a nice name. I like Brion as a name, <laughs> generally. Um, it's cute. Like, I like the, the evolution line generally. Like, I like how it looks because sometimes I feel like I don't like all of the ev- the evolution. Samurat. <laughs> Samurat. Oh, poor Oshawott. Oh, Samurat's terrible. It's 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 okay. <laughs> I love Oshawott and it just got defeated. Uh, so if you have Pokemon Bank right now. I do. You can get a hidden ability, Primarina, Incineroar, and Decidueye sent to your game. You need to have uh, either a copy of Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon to be able to redeem those in Pokemon Bank. Check. And you have to be paying for Pokemon Bank. Check. So just log in, pick either Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon, and then Bridget will give you... It's not Brigitte? I'm pretty sure it's Bridget. Okay. But I don't know. She will give you the hidden abilities that you can redeem in your game. They are shiny locked, so you can't soft reset for them. But you can soft reset for nature if you care about that. What's a good nature for a shiny Primarina that can't be shiny? A good <laughs> nature. Um, you're asking me real tough questions. Yep. Uh, if Travis was here, rest in peace. Uh, they <laughs> they would know. But uh, I would say that. Free Marina has uh, an amazing special attack at 126 and a really poor regular attack. So whatever nature... Regular? Like regular? Re- yeah. Is that what I said? You said regular. Regal those Pokemon natures. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to lower attack and increase special attack, you would want a modest, if I did that correctly. A modest... Free Marina would be your target. Oh, you have a one in twenty-six chance of getting that. I think there are twenty-six natures, maybe twenty-five, twenty-five or twenty-six natures. Uh, so that would be your target. There's no, there's no plan B. Uh, a plan B. Well, you never want to normal. You never want to lower your defense or your special defense, no matter what. Free Marina's really slow at sixty. So I guess if you were doing a trick room team and you wanted to lower its speed even more. You could go with a quiet nature. I see. This is the most in, like, we are the least competitive people, and you're asking (laughs) the most competitive (laughs) questions here. Yeah, well. All right. So, hidden ability is liquid voice. And if you don't know what that does, it is an ability introduced in Generation 7. It is the signature ability of Poplio's evolutionary line, and it's exclusively its hidden ability. It turns all sound-based moves into water moves. Sound-based, you it's say? Almost like they could make a sound type because there are uh, some sound-based moves here. I feel like this is this is a argument that you've had for <laughs> at least four years. Yeah, I think so. A, Maybe five. A, a long time. Uh, so the specific moves are confined, confide, disarming voice, echoed voice, growl. Which uh, doesn't matter, I suppose. Uh, I'm sure it does in some extent. Hyper voice, parish song, round sing, and sparkling aria. 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 And liquid voice can only be known by the Populeo line, as it is exclusive. So it turns all those moves into water moves. Sparkling aria is already a water move, so I guess that doesn't matter. 
disarming voice would become would move from fairy to water, which probably isn't the best, but confined or round maybe or echoed voice because the other moves like I don't think a water growl is gonna benefit anyone. <laughs> yeah, like that. Ew. <laughs> I know that the Litten Lion gets intimidate. Decidui gets uh it has long reach, which is also a signature ability of Decidui. Long reach is an ability introduced in Gen 7, signature ability of the Rowlet. Uh it is exclusively hidden ability. If the Pokemon uses a contact move, it will not activate any effects caused by contact. So if I'm not mistaken, if you physically attach something like a Pikachu, attack something like a Pikachu, Pikachu knows static, you have a chance of paralyzing yourself. So long reach, if I'm understanding this correctly, would get around that contact. I don't know if that works for something like Rocky Helmet. But I would assume so, because Rocky Helmet only activates upon contact as well. Okay. Uh, would you pick Primo? Would you pick Poplio over Oshawott? Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about favorite starter ever? You think Poplio's up there? Yeah, probably. No favorite- Squirtle. No. Was Charmander? No. Bulbasaur. No. What's your favorite out of those three? Probably Charmander. Okay, Totodial, Cyndaquil. Yuck. Uh, uh, what's the last one? Who cares? Chikorita. <laughs> Cyndaquil, because Typhlosion. Okay. Uh, Piplup. Nope. Wrong generation. Uh, Torchic. Torchic. You didn't even pick the other ones. I know, because Blaziken. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Piplup, the other thing, and the Chimchar. Tur- Turtwig? Turtwig, yeah. Whatever that thing is. Turtwig, yeah. Wait, what? Piplup, Chimchar, Turtwig. Piplup. Taypig, Snivy, Oshawott. Oshawott. Fennekin, Froakie, Chespin. Wait, what did I end up picking? I have a shirt and I can't even remember. Pretty sure you picked Chespin. Yeah, I did pick Chespin. And then Poplio over Rowlet and Linton. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up our Pokemon of the week <laughs> and Irene's starter picks. Yeah, there you go. You I said- won't remember them in the week when you ask me. Yeah. Actually, no, I probably will. Not bad. All right. Well, thank you. I don't know if you have anything to say for 300 episodes, Irene. Just that I'm really proud of you and this community and everybody that's kind of like become a family. I don't know. I think it's a really just great group of people that have come together around Pokemon, which is really awesome. And this has been so established. And I don't know. I just know you put a lot of hard work into it. So I'm very happy that this has thrived so much. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Where can listeners find you? They can find me on Twitter at Devin Carrots. They can find me anywhere, basically, at Devin Carrots. Um, you can find me lurking on Twitch at Involuntary Sass. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how this episode is cut and edited, but we'll be back. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> after this break. Okay. Bye. Well, I think, I think that was our last email. I mean, we have a bunch of other emails that are non-300th, but I tried to pull any email that mentioned 300. Uh, and if I missed yours... Oh, wait, here's one more. Okay, hold on. Uh, this is from Ryan M. Uh, from Wisconsin, actually. 
Uh, hey, Pokemon cast. I remember you guys being at Anime Milwaukee, I believe. And I've been hooked on watching episodes of the last couple weeks. You all do a great job making the drive to work very enjoyable. This has probably been answered uh, many times, but I was wondering what your favorite Pokemon are. Mine are Trico, Shuckle, Tranitar. Congrats on the much-anticipated 300. Uh, P.S. The Mid- Midwest Delicacy scene known as Culver's is great. <laughs> it's a delicacy. <laughs> I hate Culver's. It's fine. I'll eat it. You never should have brought it up. You never should have brought it up because then you just put the idea in my mind and then it's like once I'm thinking about something that you don't let me have, it's all I can focus on. I mean, when you come back, we'll get Culver's. I, I am never coming back to Milwaukee. You're Mm-mm. such a liar. And that's true. The next, I'm sure there's going to be some stupid reason for me to come to Milwaukee. When Pokemon Go Fest is in, in, in Lake Park, Milwaukee. <laughs> no, you need to do another art show. That's what we need to do. Man, art shows are so time-consuming. But you've got nothing but free time I anymore. I wish. You could literally, like, Twitch stream planning the art show and probably have, like, 300 viewers IRL Twitch streaming. That's where the money's at, buddy. <laughs> so, sub for my Snapchat. I've been to Anime Milwaukee, but not recently. Uh, but uh, I'm glad we make the drive to work more enjoyable. Uh, they picked three favorite Pokemon. Uh, what are your three, Will? Pick three. <sighs> Can I just roll the dice? What is it going to be this week? Uh, let's go. Klefki. Uh, Diancy. And give me another fairy type. I'm, I'm on fairies this week. Mawile. I do love Mawile, man. I love Mega Mawile. Absolutely. You got it. All right. Uh, I'll give you a Corsola, Ducklet, and Corefish. Those are my three favorites of this week. Why, could, why couldn't you have three that started with Core? Uh, you, can't, you can't ignore Ducklet. It's just too cute. Uh, I can easily ignore <laughs> Ducklet. It's a Gen 5 Pokemon, man. Those things are just trash. Yeah, no one likes Gen 5. Yep. I think that will that will wrap us up. Again, if I missed your email, I apologize. I have a bunch of emails flagged. I tried to if if you said 300, that's the one I was trying to focus on here. I think I got all of them, but if I missed them, please let me know. We still have a huge backlog of emails, but if you want to add to that backlog, SBJ at PKMNCast or go to PokemonPodcast.com, hit that contact button. Man, I see like geez, there's like 20 unread emails still. If you want to add, if you want to add to that, you're more than welcome to. Uh, but yeah, I think that was it. Hopefully, you enjoyed all the little bits that were sprinkled in between. I think this episode's going to be about two hours long. Hopefully, not. Hopefully, under two hours is what I was aiming for. Because I know sometimes these can be very, very long. But how was how was 300 episodes? Will you were on what 200 of them? About 200 of them. I mean. It's been a trip. We've had like lots of changes over time, right? It's 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 not the same as it used to be back in episode like 86. Yeah, I actually like Pokémon compared to episode 86. <laughs> I was thinking about that time we took a break for a month. <laughs> Cuz it's funny, it's like Drive Check got to 200 episodes, I mean, got to 100 episodes within two years, and I think it took you three years to get to 100 episodes. 
Uh, mm. yeah, I think so. You're a lot more consistent. I mean, definitely, we're a lot more consistent than we used to be. Yeah, I have. I can't remember the last time we missed a Monday. Oh, it's it hasn't happened. Not in a very long time. I think once we switched to Monday, I can't remember it happening at all. I haven't missed an episode of The Carve either. That show's been going strong, too, for eight months now. Seven. Oh, I hate when that show has more listens than this podcast. <laughs> I like It's like the two two podcasting things in the world that I hate. Number one, when The Carve has more listeners, then it's super effective. Number two, the fact that Mythical, <laughs> this, this, this is like, I, somebody just mm, mm, grinds my gears. Mythical is like in the top 50 of other games in iTunes podcast ratings and Drive Check isn't. And I put out a Drive Check episode every week. Sometimes I put out two in a week. <laughs> and we're like one of two podcasts about Vanguard and we still can't break the top 100. That that very that very first episode of Mythical does very very well. <laughs> I mean, it's a good show. I'm I'm still waiting to hear what happens. Still waiting for have my opportunity to be on there. We'll make it happen. I just need you know, I just need to somehow magically get more time in the day and everything will fall into place. Stop sleeping so much. I, I wish I had a lot of sleep. Man, most of the time I'm getting like six hours of sleep a night. Maybe that's six ex- hours? That's excessive. It's way too Knock much. It down to four. Yeah. You're four right. Four max. You're right. I can get more done then. All right, well, I think that will wrap up. We'll be back next week with a normal episode, hopefully normal. You never know what happens in a week. But thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming on this journey with us to 300 300 episodes, even though technically it's like episode 360. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making it this far. If if you support me directly through Patreon and you support me doing this every week, either by listening or with a couple dollars. Uh, either way, I greatly appreciate you and your time and hopefully made, made this episode worth your time. And honestly, make your, your, your Monday mornings or whenever you decide to listen to this in, more enjoyable. To everyone who have, has reviewed us in iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you review us, thank you so much for that. Uh, if you want to like us on Facebook, which I haven't said in a while, you can do so facebook.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t if you want to follow us on twitter to stay up to date with the twitch streams or just when episodes come out or just pokemon news in general twitter.com slash pokemon podcast uh the twitch if you want to watch daily live streams of me shiny hunting or playing through old pokemon games i'm almost done with pokemon y as at at the as you're listening to this twitch.tv slash pkmncast uh, same as same as pretty much Facebook and everything else. But uh, yeah, thank you for 300 episodes. Thank you, Will, for coming on this journey. And you're welcome. Thank you to all the uh, guests that we had on to do the little uh, special segments for you guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. I would love to know what you think in Slack or on Twitter. However, you want to get a hold of me. Love to hear your thoughts, good or bad, about the last 300 episodes. Don't worry, the people who don't like us, they they find a way to find me, and I definitely hear about it. All of you who do take the time to just say thank you or to say you enjoy the show, I honestly appreciate it. And what it's what keeps me going week after week. So with that being said, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are 
Super effective. Should I be more excited about it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's good. It's Super Effective was created and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork were also created by me. The music at ISC was created by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISC, consider leaving a review in Apple Podcast or just tell a fellow friend about the show. ISC is my current job right now, and I need all the support I can get to keep doing it weekly. If you'd like to support ISC, you can do so on Patreon. You can support me by heading over to ISE.cash. For as little as $2 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community where you can battle, trade, and chat with other trainers. And for $5 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Mason, Kay, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening.